0: All right, you ready for the last part of the John, Gospel of John series? Does everybody have their palm branches today? They're right here in your hand, ready? We all do this together? Come on, it's Palm Sunday! You're like, some of you are like, I haven't read the Bible in a while, let's, let's hear what this is all about. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you, all right? The triumphal entry of Jesus. You know, the U.S. Coast Guard's motto is semper paratus, which means always ready, always prepared. Can you say that about your life? Are you always ready? Are you always prepared? I believe that Jesus is coming back soon, and he's saying, be always ready, be always prepared. I remember when I was younger, I was not always ready for things or prepared for exams, for different events, and I went through all of these struggles to now I'm sometimes overprepared. My wife's like, why are we leaving so early? I'm like, because I'm always ready. I'm always prepared. Why Why are you in such a rush? I'm like, I do not want to, anybody in the house is like, "I, you do not want to be late for stuff? And then the other ones are like, I don't care. I really, I know some people like that, Um, and it, I don't, uh, can I just tell you today, I cannot stand that, (laughs) but that's okay, that's just me, because I, and I'm not perfect, I think I was late to something last year, Um, I think, I don't know, I'll have to check with my wife about this. But when I was younger, I was not always ready, not always prepared. My brother and myself and a few friends of mine, uh, we would go hiking often and go adventuring out. Well, we decided we're going to drive from Canada into the United States, into Baxter State Park in Maine, to Mount Katahdin, and we're going to hike Mount Katahdin. Woo! And we just kind of threw some stuff in the car, and we drove. It's four hours. We get to the border at like 8 o'clock at night, and they search our vehicle. And I think I had some ibuprofen that they were upset about. I'm like, I don't know. So then we, we traveled. We're like, well, it's too late to find a camp spot. Let's just sleep in the car. So we got up early that morning. The sun came up. We're like, well, this is really uncomfortable. We're going to hike and climb this mountain. Typically, uh, it's about a six six hours up, six hours down, uh, and we started hiking. It's the middle to late September, and if you're from the north, if you get up to 5,400 uh, feet above sea level, that stuff that's rain down here, snow up there. We did not pack. We were not prepared. I have a picture. I should have brought it today. I have my Somehow, my friend had a pink, uh, <laughs> a pink towel, and in the photo at the summit, at the top by the sign, um, there was nobody else around. Nobody else, like, they probably checked the weather, maybe, and <laughs> we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have dumb phones. We just went to this thing. And so we get to the top, and I have a, a photo of my friend. He's got, a, he's got this pink towel around him. Um, my brother's in a T-shirt. My friend has a hoodie on, and I'm not in the photo because I'm the guy taking the photo. And we were not prepared. And so then we ventured down, and we did it in like maybe eight hours total. We flew up, and we flew down, and it was awesome. <laughs> but you know what it taught me is to Be prepared pack a little bit better, wear some better clothing, get some comfy shoes, don't die. I think God just had grace on us that day. (laughs) But what about if we translate this to your life? Jesus is coming back soon. Is your heart ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord. Are you prepared? Are you always ready? And that's a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. For thousands of years, God was working out Jesus, His triumphal entry into Jerusalem from Genesis all the way to Malachi. From the from before the day you were in your mother's womb, God was working on a rescue plan for you and for me. Isn't that amazing to think about? That you were on his mind before you were on anybody else's mind. I love what Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven to fourteen says about this. Look, for I know, verse, oh, verse eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I think people pause at that. Like, oh, that's a great verse. Yay! We can put that on a bumper sticker. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. I will be found by you, verse 14 says. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all nations and place you where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. That last part was a historical part of bringing Jewish people back home. Are you ready? Are you prepared? That's a good question, isn't it? Today, I want to help prepare our hearts, not just for Holy Week and Easter, which on Wednesday, just a side note, Wednesday night, we're going to do our Good Friday, I know it's not Friday, we're going to do our Good Friday uh gathering here on Wednesday night. We're going to do communion together, so come on out. Um, That's going to be great. So please come to that. But are you prepared? Are you ready? And then we see this amazing story of the triumphal entry of Jesus. And he enters in to Jerusalem and I want to read it to you, and that's going to be our text for today. All right, John 12, starting verse 12. It says, the next day, the great crowd that had come from, for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went back out to meet him, shouting, "Hosanna! Anybody can say that today? Come on? Yeah. Woo! You could have been part of the crowd!" You could have been an extra. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Verse 14. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written. Verse 15 Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See your kingdom is your king is coming seated on the on a donkey's colt. And that's from Zechariah 9 9. Verse 16, at first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize, once they had the Holy Spirit, did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Can we pray together today? Lord, thank you for your, your message. Thank you for the word. And I just pray that you would speak to the church today. And to us today, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. So, we're going to be looking at this story. We call this Palm Sunday. Because what? They waved palm branches. And look, you've got two of them. Isn't that awesome? So, we're going to be doing lots of waving today. Can you help me one more time? Like, Pastor Landon, you're the only person that does stuff at church. We just sit here in green chairs. No, no, we're waving palm branches today. All right? Hosanna. Come on, Hosanna in the highest. Look at you. Look. Look at you. You could have done this during worship. Woo! All right, you're good. You're good. That's all you need to do for today. You did your, do, do, your, your stuff. Just kidding. But Jesus is making this big, grand entry that had been talked about years and years. I'm talking 700 years before the moment. We have all of this prophecy from the Old Testament that Jesus is fulfilling every day. He's fulfilling something. And now he's fulfilling that your king will come riding on the donkey, on the colt of a donkey. That's just a young male donkey. Okay? And so today we're going to talk about his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But guess what? Church... Jesus is coming back. And it will not be on a donkey, the Bible says. It will be on a what? A white horse. So part one is done, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Part two is coming. Season two is coming. When Jesus is making his grand entry, we need to be prepared with what? Number one, a mode of transportation. Don't you think, imagine this donkey is carrying the good news. Do you want to be a donkey? You're like, sure, I guess. (laughs) Guess what? God is asking us to be a mode of transportation for His good news. And we need to be prepared with it and ready to use it right? I heard a story this week from someone at church, and, and this, uh, this I think it was a pastor, and I might not get the whole story right, Greg, so I apologize. But the, the, the idea is there was a pastor. He invited someone to come to church. That person did not attend church. And then a few years later, this person came up and said, hey, I heard you invite that person to church. I went to church. I got saved. My family got saved. Thank you. For doing what God asked you to do. Listen, God, we do what God calls us to do, and He worries about the results of that. Amen? If God calls us to do something, we do it. And we may never see the results, we, ne- we may never pick the fruit from that tree, but that's okay. Because at some point, someone will be changed. And isn't that part of our position as Christ followers is to be a mode of transportation, be ready, be prepared at all times. Look what it says in Mark 11. Same story, different person writing over here, right? We got Mark. We're like, Mark's like on this side of the street, maybe. John is over here. John just getting to the, getting to business. He's like, yeah, he got it on a donkey. Okay, Cool. Right? And then Mark gives us a little bit more detail. And here he, here he says at verse 7, it says, Then they, they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. I think that most people think donkeys are like the laughing stock of the animal kingdom. Don't you think? Especially what people call them in our culture. Right? I think donkeys are misunderstood. Do you know some of the characteristics of a donkey? You'd be surprised to know. Once their owner gains their trust, they can be willing and companionable partners and very dependable it's said that they actually don't work their best unless they trust the one they are working with. Who are you working for? Do you know the King of Kings? Will you be a mode of transportation of the gospel? Once once they feel comfortable with the owner, donkeys will do most anything within their limits. And as a bonus, they need minimal training and minimal food. Well, that church didn't feed me. We need to eat the food, people. We can eat it all week long. Just open up the Bible, say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me learn. Uh Uh-oh. I stepped on some toes. Okay. Researchers estimate that the donkey was domesticated about 3000 B.C. Well before the camel, well before all sorts of other things. The donkey is more efficient than the camel or the horse When used in transport duties, because a donkey eats only about one quarter of the oats that a horse does. Being sure footed and um, having excellent eyesight, they're able to navigate rocky desert terrain and find paths that human eye may not even be able to see. They will actually lead the way without having to be guided. Church, let's be a mode of transportation like this for the gospel. That we can go on untouched plains and places that most people, horses, will not go. We will go there, and we will share, and we will love, and we will bring the gospel with us. Amen? Riding a donkey was a sign of royalty. It was learned that the riding of a donkey for entry into a city was an act of kingship and an act of peace. What does Isaiah who does what does Isaiah call the Messiah? Do you remember? The prince of peace. Right? Typically in their culture a king would get on the biggest horse and he would be at the front of the line and he would go in and he would show his power just because of what he was riding and who he was. Not Jesus. He came as a prince of peace. And Jesus fulfilled this prophecy, and it, and it said it in what we read, but I want to read it again for you. Zechariah 9, 9. Look at this. Everybody with me? Nobody, no one's falling asleep? Not yet. Come on. Come on, church. Rejoice greatly. I feel like we're scared to rejoice, right? You feel like that? You're like, uh, 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 ooh. Rejoice greatly. Woo. Zion, shout, Daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you. Righteous and victorious. What does victorious mean? Victorious means he won. He's the winner. Imagine showing up to a sporting event and knowing that your team is just going to win like 70. Yeah, we own this place. Jesus shows up. He's like, I'm the victorious king. And when he, he returns, he's going to be even more victorious. Now but not yet, right? We know this. So look, it says righteous and victorious. And then look at this word here, lowly. Aren't you proud that we, I know it's proud and humble are two different things. Aren't you proud that we serve a humble king? Right? Right? that he doesn't need all the accolades, but he gets it anyway. Lowly and riding on a donkey. On a colt, the full of a donkey. Jesus didn't even get a full-grown donkey. He got a little one. Lowly, humble, riding on a donkey whether we like it or not, we need to be a vehicle of the gospel. Just like on that day, in that moment, a donkey was the vehicle of the gospel, ushering in Holy Week, the first one, ushering in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that soon he would go to the cross, six days later that he would be put on the cross for you and for me for all to see. Are you able to usher in the good news? In your circle where you are? Are you able to declare Hosanna in the highest? Blessed is the King I love that Jesus, who is God, had to borrow a donkey. Like, like, if you believe in creation, he created that thing. Like, it's his. Yeah, right? The donkey just didn't like, oh, let's put a couple things in a bag, shake it up, and oh, donkey. Woo! <laughs> Bang. No, he created this donkey, and then he had to borrow the donkey. It's his but don't you love that Jesus doesn't force anything on anybody? Hey, can, I, uh, can we borrow the donkey? Yeah, sure. Hey, David, would you, would you usher in the good news to a friend, please? Yeah, sure. Will we be that mode of transportation? He allows us to have ownership of his things. Everything we have is his. What is Jesus asking from you? Would you partner with him to share the gospel? Would you use your gifts, talent, time, money, career, whatever you have, to be transportation of the gospel? Amen. Yeah, that's right. Imagine, God chooses to share the good news with us, chooses for us to be in partnership with what He is doing. I don't know about you, but that's pretty special for people who are lowly, people who need love and grace, people who are not perfect, people who have a hard time or are struggling with this or with that. It's pretty amazing that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace says, hey, would you partner with me? Would you be a donkey? Okay, number two, when Jesus is making his grand entry, we, we, we need to be prepared with the first one, a mode of transportation. That's If we're going to be prepared, we need to be part of that. Two, there needs to be honor can everybody say honor for a minute? Honor. They, spent, they spread their cloaks and jackets on the road, and they honored Jesus. They waved palm branches and declared, Hosanna. Verse, verse 13 of John 12 says, They took palm branches and went out to meet Him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord they were showing him honor that's kind of hard around in our culture nowadays isn't there like people don't even hold the door anymore like someone like slammed the door in my face the other day at the gas station I'm like thank you so much i appreciate that so some sometimes we we see we hear this idea about this palm branch and we kind of wonder what the palm branch means. So, actually, in their culture, the palm branch represented Jewish nationalism. Just like if we were out, and let's say the president was coming through, we're all waving American flags. Yeah, woo! Okay? They're waving these palm branches because some of the crowd, I'm not going to tell you all of the crowd... Some of the crowd is thinking that Jesus is coming to take over now. They're like, okay, he's the king. We're going to wave our palm branches, and he's going to take over as the king, and we're going to be saved from the Romans. But some of them who, who had been with them from the beginning, some of them who saw him feed the 5,000 from barely nothing. Some of them who saw Him heal people said, Hosanna. Blessed. What does it say? Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. There's something new about to happen. And even the disciples, they didn't quite understand until after they said He was resurrected. Hosanna Maybe you've looked at this word before. Such a pretty word, right? Really, it just means save now. Hosanna. Oh, save. Save now. It's a request to the only one who can save. Do you know that Jesus is the only one who can save you? He's the only one who can take care of your salvation. And there's nothing that you can work out or like, well, if I just give this amount to the church and I do this thing and this thing, Jesus does it all. It's by grace. You've been saved through faith, the Bible says. So imagine for a moment, Jesus is entering Jerusalem during the festival, right? So we, we just read that. And so this, this is the Passover. So they're celebrating something that happened, they've been celebrating this for 1,400 years, this Passover festival. So, if you go back to Exodus, right, we have these plagues come along, and then there's a plague of the firstborn. And God says to sacrifice, put the blood on the top of the doorpost, and that the angel of death will pass over the house. And guess what? Later on, they had freedom they got to leave and you can go back and read it all they got to leave and be freed from 400 years of slavery so this is what they're celebrating and they had been doing it every year for 1400 years in the time of Jesus they they actually did a census of how many lambs were brought to be sacrificed So one of the years during Jesus' day, guess how many lambs they brought to sacrifice? Two hundred and fifty-six thousand lambs. So at the time, all right, we just kind of we kind of just imagine what we see. John and Mark talking about, hey, there's people waving palm branches, and there's like five people here and five people here. Woo! Listen, there was at the same time Jesus was entering Jerusalem. Jews from all over the known world had to come and bring what? A lamb. And actually, it's a lamb they had to have with them for at least three days. It had to be part of the family for three days, at least. I know, sad, right? So they're coming, and there's thousands and thousands of lambs coming into Jerusalem. And then what do we also know from the Bible? Another name for Jesus the Lamb of God. So we've got the old way coming into Jerusalem, and we have the one who will take care of all of the sin of everyone who says, I believe in the name of Jesus. Isn't that an amazing picture? So just imagine, I I like doing math. Anybody math people out there? Nope, someone said, no. So just imagine 1,400 years, let's just say 150,000 lambs a year. Okay, I took the number down, averaged it out. That would be 210 million lambs slain for the sin of the Jewish people over 1,400 years. That's about two-thirds the population of the United States. That's a lot. But imagine Jesus came as the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world once for all. Those sacrifices are no longer relevant. The, the sacrifice of Christ is the only one that is relevant Amen. So let's let's rewind all the way back to the very beginning. Look what it says. The next day John saw, so John the Baptist, not John the one who wrote the book. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When we honor Jesus, we lay everything at His feet, showing Him that, we are done. It's all about Him. And so what are we going to do to prepare for Jesus' coming? Two, honor. Honor. we ready for the third one and the last one? We need to praise and worship. When Jesus is making His grand entry, we see them what? Praising Him and worshiping Him. They're waving their palm branches. Listen, we don't need to go outside and cut any palm branches. We got them right here. Everybody can see? Everybody has at least one hand, don't they? There we go. Woo. Man, some people are new today. Like, this is a bunch of weird people. This is, this is one of those weird churches. Guess what? We will take it. We will take it. We will take it. We will take it. Praise and worship. Look what it says in Mark 11. Same story, different guy writing it. Look, Jesus was in the center of the uh, procession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. Church, if we're going to be Ready and prepared, we need to learn how to praise. Because guess what we do in heaven? We praise. So if we can't do it now, how are we going to do it then? Or will we make it? Will we make it there? If we're going to be ready and prepared, we need to praise. Heaven will be a place full of praise. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, one of the lines says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so don't wait to start your relationship with Jesus. Don't wait to praise When you're in heaven, if you are saved, can I tell you something that's a revelation to me? If you're saved, if you follow Jesus today, your eternity has already started. It's already begun. It'll look a little bit different later, but it's already started. So why don't we get ready? Why don't we prepare? I believe when we praise and when we worship, we get to experience heaven coming to earth. What is that? That's God's presence with us. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you the holy spirit. So when we when we enter into those times of praise, it doesn't even have to be here on a Sunday. It can be at home, it can be at work, it can be in the car. Guess what we get to do? We get to experience heaven coming to us. We get to experience the holy spirit moving in us. We get to experience the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world. Can we stand for a moment today? Can I challenge you with something today? It doesn't have as much to do with the sermon, but it has to do with this great opportunity we call Easter. That we serve a resurrected Christ. I hear a lot of Christians talking about Jesus in past tense. I don't quite understand why. Cuz he has risen. Amen. And so when we talk about when we talk about Jesus around here, present tense. He is moving and active. He lives in our hearts. His Holy Spirit surrounds us, speaks to us. Heavenly Father is on the throne. All is well. If you clapped, that means you have experienced that, probably. But what you've experienced... We should not hold to ourselves. We should share it with other people. Right? Don't be ashamed of the gospel, the Bible says. There's another scripture where Jesus says, if you can't, what? Anybody remember? If you can't present me before others, how can I present you before my Father in heaven? So we should not be ashamed of being Christians. We should not be ashamed of being followers of Jesus. We should be like those humble donkeys say, I'm going to transport the gospel. I'm going to honor Jesus. I'm going to praise and worship and experience heaven now, not later. Amen? And so, Easter is one of these opportunities where people can come and experience the fullness of the gospel. They can come and hear the good news. And there's people I know that you know that, that maybe they're not on the right road. They don't know Jesus. And we want to introduce them to Jesus, right? And that's what we do. I feel like that's what we do at New Hope Church. We introduce people to Jesus. And we step away and say, okay, Holy Spirit, do the rest. Because I'm not the Holy Spirit. And so can we just, if you say, there's someone I want to pray for, there's someone who needs Jesus that I know, would you just put your hand up? And, and that's kind of the placeholder of that person that we're going to pray for this morning. Lord, we just pray for every hand because that represents a person that you created. We pray for every individual who does not know you yet. Lord, that they would even at this very moment, Lord, that you would start speaking to them in a way only you can speak to them. Lord, I pray that the person who has their hand up who knows someone like this, Lord, that they would begin praying for this person and their soul. Lord, that they would have an opportunity this week to invite them to church to hear the good news so that we can just make up, have this meeting that, that we can introduce people to you, Christ. So we pray for each and every hand. We pray for each and every individual. Every name has a story, Lord. Every person was created by you. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would just start moving today in them. And we would hear his amazing testimonies just because of this prayer. In Jesus' name. And everybody celebrated today. Come on, church. Come on, we can do better. Come on, we can celebrate. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on.